Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Garbage Game Club. I'm your host, Nick Lamone, doing a very special solo dolo Garbage Game Club podcast on Rockstar Games Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, you might be wondering, Nick, why are you, why are you doing this solo? Well, it turns out cowboys aren't really Joey's thing, but they are mine. So I, I thought it'd be a cool idea to just unpack a game that like, I picked up back when it released in the end of 2018, played like the first 15 minutes of, and then had to go do an event. And then when I got back, I just didn't really feel compelled to continue. Um, and so, of course, like many of us, through quarantine, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should revisit Red Dead Redemption 2. People seem to think it's like one of the greatest games of all time. So... I re-downloaded it, I played it on PC, um, and word to warning, if you play it on PC, man, that game is horribly optimized. Horribly optimized. Oh no, am I actually recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Just not on cam. There we go. Now I'm on cam. That's fine. I've been recording audio. At least, I really hope so. Otherwise, I'll just re-record the intro and it'll be totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I finally played Red Dead Redemption 2 from beginning to end on PC. Again, horribly optimized PC port. It, it's real rough. You need to have like a beefy PC for it to run uh, just well at all. Um, unless you lower a bunch of settings and watch like Digital Foundry videos on what to turn off. It, it's nonsense. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I, I think I'd like to begin overall with my overall thoughts. Uh, it feels like a beautiful experience with moments in a story that have truly moved me. It is a game that, it's a game that made me feel like I lived a cowboy lifestyle in a way that the original Red Dead Redemption never really did. Um, but before we get into that whole can of worms, which is a super interesting one, I want to just talk about the beginning because... Uh, I, like many who played the game, uh, have played the original Red Dead Redemption starring John Marston, which is a game that takes place, what, two years after the events of Red Dead Redemption 2? And it is about John Marston, uh, an ex-con, an ex-cowboy, or I'm sorry, an ex-bandit who is trying to atone for his sins by hunting down members of his previous game, gang, who we all meet in Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, in order to live a free life and make good for his sinful past, um, make amends for the government and his family in an era where, uh, you know, Western expansion, manifest destiny is slowly going the way of the dinosaur. It is something that is a relic of the past since we have civilized slash settled slash colonized uh, California, the West Coast, um, and fulfilled quote-unquote manifest destiny which is interesting in of itself um, for those who are familiar with western expansion and what it means to uh you know for the people who settled here back in the day during the colonial days moving their way westward uh, it was very much seen as the thing to do it was uh, not even just a thing to do but almost a duty to to colonize and to settle on the uh, western half of the united states which is uh, a super interesting way of looking at it, you know, in 2021 where we don't really have that anymore. There is no Western expansion. I would argue the only frontiers left for us to 
colonize, uh, not saying we should, are the ocean and space. Uh, but in that respect, I was expecting something that was very much in line with Red Dead Redemption 1, but in the Grand Theft Auto 5 engine. And, you know, uh, I don't know that I was hyped for Red Dead Redemption 2 because I think after the original Red Dead Redemption, I was super stoked for everything Rockstar was going to do next. GTA 5 came out, and I love GTA 5. I, I played endless amounts of GTA 5 on Xbox 360. Uh, I bought it again on PS4, and I got it again on PC. But over the years, I think you know the continual spotlight that's been shined on GTA 5 has put me off on it. Not because I think it's a bad game or anything. I just don't know that I enjoyed the way the game felt to play. Everything felt so sluggish. You know, you feel like you are merely giving the character the idea to move instead of directly controlling them sometimes. Um, but overall, the thing that stood out to me about GTA is, of course, it's rock star satire of uh, American culture, which is pretty funny because I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Housers are actually like two British dudes, which uh, is a whole other can of worms to unpack. But Overall, I was like, wow, th this game is actually genuinely pretty funny sometimes. I'm not sure that it hits the mark with all of the things it's trying to say, um, but I like that there is a game that is actively trying to say something. And so that was my framing device for Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, oh, you know, Rockstar hasn't, you know, recently made games that have something to say, like L.A. Noir. Uh, I think that's it. L.A. Noir, Raw, GTA 5, and uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that's about right. So, yeah, that, that was kind of the mindset I, I walked into Red Dead Redemption 2 with. And the thing that immediately, just immediately just hit me over the side of the head was the game's opening. Because uh, in the original Red Dead Redemption, you begin just in the middle of Cowboy Town, set out about on your mission in this giant, expansive, open world as John Marston, a hardened, kind of wisecracking cowboy who is genuinely a better human being than he used to be. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is a little bit different. It is not the story of John Marston, although it also kind of is. It is the story of one Arthur Morgan, a, a man who I didn't know because he didn't exist in the original Red Dead Redemption, which is... A serious red flag uh, if you're a fan of any of the characters in the game uh, and so I was like okay well I don't really know that much about this Arthur but but the game opens on this uh, again the the Rockstar Rockstar has always made it kind of their onus to look at popular media and kind of adapt it for the sake of their games and immediately as soon as red dead redemption 2 opens i'm uh, immediately thought of quentin tarantino's hateful late because the game opens on a, a blizzard in the middle of the mountains and your gang of uh crooks uh with of course dutch vanderland a very prominent character in the original red dead redemption commanding you like and telling you hey <coughs> excuse me <coughs> Arthur, John's gone missing. Oh, actually, no, that's not it with the first one. No, you open on uh, trying to find warmth for your gang. That's what it is. So you are navigating just 
a white environment. It is just snow. It is a blizzard. And you're navigating a white environment. You settle in this small, like, abandoned town. And you're looking for anything. And so you venture out with a couple other characters. Um, a, a man named Micah Bell, who we will come to know very well later on in the game. And Dutch. And you all set out and you come upon a tiny little cabin in the middle of the woods that's just being pelted with snow. And we learn that there is a rival gang that is on their trail named the O'Driscolls. Upon trying to make contact with the, the people who inhabit the cabin, we learn that things are not all as they seem. It's revealed that the O'Driscolls have actually overtaken the cabin and killed the uh, male owner of the cabin. And we learn that there is a hostage, uh, one uh, Sadie Adler. And what happens, what unfolds in this first mission of Red Dead Redemption, I think will probably stay with me forever as one of like one of the most like base slapping kick ass ways to begin a game I think I've ever seen because. You know, it's tensions high, tensions high. The O'Driscolls are having a stare down with Vanderlyn. They realize who he is, and you're kind of sitting in the shadows, and you just, a, a gunfight erupts, and you overtake the cabin. You learn that there's a woman whose husband was killed, and she is hysteric because, one, Micah Bell is in the same room with her, antagonizing her, and in the kerfluffle, uh, a cabin gets set on fire, you go check the barn to see if there's any stragglers. You get jumped. Everything is cinematic. And the game actually presents you with that first choice in the cabin of do you want to spare this O'Driscoll or do you want to shoot the O'Driscoll? And me, whenever I play these games, I like to I try to role play as much as possible. My like I am Arthur Morgan. And who is Arthur Morgan at the beginning of Red Dead Redemption 2? I would argue he is still a, uh, a criminal he's a bandit he is someone who has a proclivity for good but is ultimately evil at least at the beginning of the game that, that's my thoughts I'd, I'd love to hear different if anyone else thinks otherwise but uh i always i have to shoot that that o'driscoll the, I, I i have to execute him uh just because it feels right as arthur and as you ride away from the cabin it, it's all in flames and the game's soundtrack just kicks in with that with that cowboy style. And it's just like, oh, wow. I think Rockstar's gotten better at, like, selling moments, selling stories. And I'll just forever remember that opening mission because it really, truly is. It feels almost like horror. It feels uh, it feels like you're trying to survive in a way that Rockstar games don't ever do. And then that only leads to the next mission where we learn that, oh, John Marston's a part of this gang. But he's missing. And so then you go back into the icy tundra, but this time during the day. And then you really, the game really showcases just everything that that engine is doing. Because going to the snow during the day, leaving trails in the snow, everything just looks gorgeous. Everything looks gorgeous. And of course you end up finding a John and he, he's been beat up. You you learn how he got all of his scars on his face from, from wolves attacking and it's just like, oh, this is interesting now. Because immediately it presents the dynamic between Arthur and John, where Arthur sees John as kind of a, an oaf, an idiot, uh, someone who is wishy-washy, a flake, uh, someone untrustworthy. 
and we learn later on why Arthur thinks that. It's because John abandoned the gang for a year at a time along with Sadie. Sadie, I'm sorry, not Sadie, his wife, whose name I can't remember right now, and, and uh, Jack, his John's son. And so Arthur doesn't have the highest opinion of John, and he lets him know many times throughout with Dutch being the kind of gang father. And at that point in Red Dead Redemption 2, we get everyone back to camp, and then we move on to Chapter 2, which is when the game finally like opens up. And this is probably after about an hour of gameplay. But the game opens up into an open world, really. Um, I'm not sure if you can actually explore the open world in the snow. Probably not because it's a mission. Uh, but it's the first time that the gang presents, hey, you are a family. The entire gang is the family of Arthur Morgan. And as such, wherever you're camped out, you're going to need to contribute in order to, um, you know, be a part of the gang, whether that be through, usually through money or stolen goods. You can contribute to the camp's overall slush fund, upgrade the camp, upgrade various things so you get better ammo, upgrade the food cart so you get better food from, food from Pearson, and so on and so forth. And just a lot of quality of life things that, you know, don't actually contribute to gameplay, but you're like, man, I really want that buck skull that hangs on that tree. And the game presents this idea that, you know, the gang will react differently to you based on how hungry they are, how poor they are, or how rich they are, and whatnot. And that was exciting to me because it finally felt like in an open world game, they managed to instill some sense of agency in that I actively needed to do something to contribute on my end of the gang deals of affairs in order to make sure people were fed. Um, but ultimately, that doesn't actually matter. Uh, in, in Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2, the, I think in a lot of Rockstar games, actually, I think that Rockstar's The Housers Brothers uh, story tends to get in the way of the gameplay or vice versa, where like, ugh, I can't believe the game got in the way of our story. And I think that the, the gang camp encampment is uh, the first example of that because it never matters how hungry people get. It never matters how poor the gang really is because nothing really changes. The game still advances, which I appreciate too because last thing you need is like, oh man, everyone in the gang died because I didn't bring anyone money for food. And so game over. I have to start over from the beginning. That doesn't necessarily work either. I just wish that there was some more meaningful interaction there are some interactions in the form of like dialogue uh characters say things they normally otherwise wouldn't and i think rockstar did a good job of making sure every gang member felt like a real living breathing human being each with their own uh flaws each with their own personalities uh and everyone's just interesting everyone is genuinely interesting in red dead redemption 2 especially the gang members and then you learn there are certain people in the gang where I'm like, oh, I remember you. You're Javier Escuela. You're the dude I hunted down in Red Dead Redemption 1 as John Marston in Mexico, which is interesting because it starts to, when, when you fill in the gaps later on in the timeline, it makes the past and the present a lot more interesting because you start to wonder, where did it all go awry? Where did it all fall apart? And that's what... Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is ultimately, I think, about uh, about how how things fall apart. I think it is, a, it is a game that is about a liar. It is about following a leader who ultimately doesn't know what he's doing. And it is about 
realizing that maybe you can't atone for your past, but the best you can do is atone on the behalf of someone else's future, which I think is super duper interesting because that might be one of the most mature things that Rockstar Games has ever actually put to paper. Um, but but going back to the whole uh, gameplay versus story notion of the game, uh, I'm sure you guys, uh, Nakey Jakey, I'm sure you've heard of Nakey Jakey. He's a very popular YouTuber who, who did like a, a 45-minute criticism of Red Dead Redemption 2 about how the game's design is outdated, how it's out of touch. And I think it really echoes my sentiment of the game, the story of the game wants it to unfold the way they wrote it. And you might think, yeah, obviously, Nick, yeah, I want my story to unfold the way I wrote it. But it, it does so in a way that's so rigid and almost counterintuitive to the design philosophy of Rockstar Games. When I say Rockstar Games, what do you think of? You think of an open world environment where you're free to do anything you want. But the problem is in, in Red Dead Redemption 2 story missions or just any mission that requires you to begin it with a cutscene and then you play the game and then you end it with a cutscene is all very rigid. You know, uh, there, there's a, a mission where the gang gets into a shootout in the middle of the town and Arthur's asked to provide cover fire. So when someone tells me cover fire, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to get up high and then snipe fools from a distance. And as soon as I climbed a building in order to jump into a balcony, I got a mission failed that I abandoned my gang. The game is very uninterested with your creative solutions for trying to solve the, the immediate problem and more so saying, uh, you got to stick to the stage directions, player. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to do it over and over until you do it the way we want to. I don't think that's inherently wrong. Uh, and I think it's fine, especially if the, the actual gameplay in question is particularly great. Uh, but two things there. Uh, one, the gameplay is not particularly compelling in Red Dead Redemption 2. Not like overall, but just like the shooting, the taking cover. It never feels quite right. You can make it feel much better by adjusting like the uh, aim acceleration and uh, sensitivity and like dead zone and stuff like that. But it never feels quite like a Gears of War style shooter. But that's okay. That's not really what that game's trying to be. The biggest issue I see with Red Dead Redemption 2, and the thing that keeps it from being like a quote-unquote perfect game for me, is that rigidity in its mission structure and in its gameplay. The fact that I can't creatively come up with solutions in a game that is otherwise, hey, you could do whatever you want just seems at odds with each other, right? It seems almost antithetical to everything the game is trying to be. But the thing that I think nearly brings the game back to perfection for Nicholas, and maybe not for yourself listening or for definitely not for Joey, is that this is probably the first example of a third-person immersive sim that is exactly what I've ever wanted from a game. Where, you know, I don't really have to worry about you know, living a life in the game, but I like that there's a lot of incentives to doing things that otherwise go, um, you know, out the window in other games. The fact that you don't have to eat in Red Dead Redemption 2, but by doing so, you introduce a new system of, a, a, a new slew of systems like 
well, if you eat too much, Arthur will get heavier. If you don't eat enough, Arthur will lose weight and look really skinny. Um, and then there's also like a gameplay contr uh, contributor where if you're too hungry, your aim is just unsteady. If you pull out your pistol and try to aim it, the the actual like reticule is like moving around and it's just overall much harder to shoot, which is cool. I love stuff like that. I, I think that incentivizes you to pretend you are actually living a life in the game. When you go to loot various uh, buildings for ammo or food, you really do just like you know, in in, a, in in any other game, you would just press X to loot and you would just automatically put, pick up everything and put it in your inventory. But in Red Dead Redemption 2, you go through individually every item and Arthur opens cubbies, he opens drawers, pulls drawers out, he picks stuff up, you can look at it, you can put it in your pocket, you can look at it in first person and third person, everything. And it, it all just feels like I am living the life of a cowboy. Uh, another good example is you can make camp at just about anywhere in the game where Arthur is just kind of making a campfire, and at that campfire you can go to sleep to fast-forward time, or you can cook some meat you have. You can, uh, like, craft different, like, arrows, items, things like that. But one of the coolest things is at the campfire, you can actually craft stronger ammo based on your like basic ammo so you take your normal revolver revolver ammo and what arthur does is he takes his knife and he puts a an x essentially at the tip of the bullet and he man you can manually do that for every bullet in your in your inventory because uh by doing so you upgrade how much damage it does it turns into a round that like splits almost uh and, and so like you can go through and, like, you know, just doing it for one piece of ammo, like one individual bullet, takes probably about 15 seconds, probably a little bit less, but it takes time. And so you can just spend time, wasting time in front of the campfire, manually making your bullet stronger just for the hell of it. One, there's beautiful animations dedicated to all of these things that other people might think are tedious, which I can agree they are tedious. But it's very much a, it's a hangout game. It's a game where I'm chilling, I'm vibing. And it just feels like, again, I'm living the life of a cowboy. And, you know, sometimes I do just want to sit in front of the campfire, uh, you know, look at the beautiful environment and just make my ammo stronger for a bit. Uh, I, I think my favorite thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 is the fact that it lets you live this immersive life. An experience that I thought would carry over to Red Dead Online, but really doesn't and it really just feels like the story mode is the perfect version of this where you can just stop doing the story and then do a bunch of side quests every side quest i found myself infinitely interested in everyone that you meet in the middle of nowhere in red red redemption is so interesting you know you might come across a character who asks arthur for help because they're an escaped convict who still has their prison like chains on and you can choose whether or not you want to shoot their chains you can get robbed by someone who's like well i thought you just wanted to be you needed help you know someone says oh i've been attacked by a snake or whatever and then they try to rob you that's interesting you can get attacked by cannibals which is super interesting you can suck the venom out of a dude's thigh if you want like there's just so much interesting stuff that can happen to you the player in Red Dead Redemption 2, which is what I'm so blown away by every time I play that game. Me, 
when I played the original Red Dead Redemption, I was obsessed with hunting. I wanted to get all of the legendary animals and craft all of the gear needed. And let me tell you, there's a ton of that in Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm going to take a sip of coffee real quick. Um, I found myself obsessed with hunting because not only do you have to worry about, you know, finding the animal, tracking down the animal, but you also have to worry about how you're going to take it down without damaging the pelt. That might mean using your uh, arrows um, instead of your guns. That might mean using small game arrows instead of your regular arrows because you could over potentially damage the pelt. That stuff is interesting to me because I feel like I am living the life of a hunter. I am living out in the woods, tracking things down, finding things, and, and in doing so, you find uh, like, like, a, like a Breath of the Wild scenario, in my quest to do X, I end up finding Y and Z. And I think that's really where the magic of this game lies is, you know, you go to look for that uh, legendary cougar or whatever, and then you find a beautiful fishing spot. You find someone who needs your help doing something. You find um, food you've never seen before, wild berries. You see other animals you've never seen before. You find a, a treasure chest that's hidden on the map. You find dinosaur bones. There's so much to, to come across, which is why it always feels like I'm going on an actual adventure every time I play Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, I know I poo-pooed the story a little bit. Not uh, not the actual story, but more so like the how it all unfolds mechanically from a gameplay perspective. But Arthur Morgan is easily, easily one of my favorite protagonists of all time because he is actually a good person. He is someone who realizes that he has lived an evil life and is trying to do better, even though he knows that ultimately there's not that much he can do. And the thing that really struck me about playing Red Dead Redemption is, you know, there, there's a story mission where Arthur um, Arthur gets kidnapped by the O'Driscolls, the rival gang. And upon, like, waking up or whatever, he's just, like, genuinely vul vulnerable. He's, like, half naked in his underwear trying to escape from this group of bandits and... Uh, yeah, it, it, he just feels vulnerable in a way that Kratos doesn't. You know what I'm saying? He feels like an actual person in that, like, oh, what if he just dies right now? The fact that I knew he, Arthur Morgan was not in Red Dead Redemption 1 made me think, like, he could die at any moment, and then maybe i just start playing as John. And that was the thing that really, like, scared me when I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2 was, like, when when Arthur gets kidnapped by the gang, I just immediately was like, is this where he dies? And, like, I don't want him to die right here. And so, of course, you do your best to try and stay as safe as possible. But what happened was uh, it, it was really interesting because I didn't know I could get my horse back. So I ended up walking a lot of my way back to camp. And when I did that, something happened in, the, in Red Dead Redemption 2 that I've never seen happen in any other game where the game takes complete control away from the player and Arthur has a coughing fit and falls to the floor in the middle of me just trying to walk back to camp, and I just can't control him. I'm watching helplessly as the player, as Arthur is enduring a coughing fit, weakly trying to get back up on his feet and continuing. And I'm like, uh, did that just happen? What's going on? And then it's revealed 
later on in the game. Again, huge spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 2. If you're interested in going in blind, please stop listening right now. But later on in the game, uh, we learn that Arthur uh, has tuberculosis, which is a thing that I don't think I've ever seen in a video game affect a main character. It's it, it, the, the fact that how mundane Arthur's overall death is, like ultimately Arthur has a mundane death because of tuberculosis. It, but I think that's kind of beautiful. You know, I don't need to have him sacrifice himself heroically. It is someone who's just succumbing to a very human, normal thing, at least back then. And I think that there's something beautiful about that. I And I, I think Arthur getting tuberculosis, again, he got it from a dude who he, uh, who he beat up in order to extort for money. Um, he ended up getting it from that dude. And ultimately, what what more poetic way, the tragic, you know, dramatic uh, irony of Arthur getting TB is from being a bully, essentially. And that's cool. And I don't think I've ever really felt such strong emotions as when Arthur at the end, near the end of his life is talking to a nun who is kind of just uh, him and the nun are kind of just unpacking Arthur's baggage to some extent. And uh, Arthur, uh, I'm not sure if this is just good writing or just uh, the beautiful performance by the voice actor, Roger Clark, but Arthur just reveals like, you know, what, what, ha what are you, what are you worried about? What about dying and stuff like that? And Arthur just responds, I'm afraid. And that that moment shook me. That one made me like, it, it made me heartbroken for, for this man. Because we've all, you know, everyone's afraid of death. And just seeing someone who is so rough and tumble and like, you know, our hero say that so so vulnerably is, is very beautiful. Uh, and of course, you know, depending on choices you make in the game and whatnot, there is a kind of... Uh, a couple different ways the game can end, but ultimately the game ends with Arthur unfortunately dying. Uh, it's been revealed that uh, Dutch Vanderlyn and Micah, the the Micah, the most like basically uh, cowboy Hitler essentially, and uh, Dutch, the leader who is uh, a, a liar and a coward, um, turn on the gang because they think the gang is turning on them. Arthur dies, and Arthur dies in trying to help John live. And at that point in the game, you might think, game over. But like the re original Red Dead Redemption, the game continues, but this time from the perspective of a new cowboy. And then we begin uh, the final act of the game, playing as John Marston, our hero from the original Red Dead Redemption. A man whose past we now have a lot more perspective on. We understand he is wanting to assume the role of a father, of a husband, but isn't quite there yet. But in this final act, he proposes to his wife. He attempts to get closer to his son. You live the life of an actual farmer with several missions of shoveling cow poop, of trying to break horses... Uh, and again, you just have the immersive life of a farmer, which is interesting. I like that the game is just like, no, you know, you're going to go to town, get an order, and then, of course, things go out of hand. But I like that the game forces you to 
you are living the life of a farmer now. You are not a cowboy, you're a farmer. And I love that. Of course, things come to rise and John learns uh, the locations and the whereabouts of Micah Bell and Dutch Vanderlyn, at which point you get redemption for your good friend and you finally kill cowboy Hitler, Micah Bell, as John. And it just, it all feels right, you know? Everything, it just feels like I I got to live someone's life for the duration of 80 hours. And really, it's it's hard to, it's really hard to argue against that. Yeah, sure, some of the stuff in the gameplay is a little slow. Sure, the gameplay is a little bit rigid in its structure. But the fact that I can walk away from Red Dead Redemption 2 after 80 plus hours and think like, oh wow, I got to live two different cowboy lives that felt authentic, that felt real, that had dramatic meaning. I think that's pretty damn good. I think that's real good. And the fact that Rockstar pulled this off, again, under severe crunch and like hard labor, uh, they pulled off something that is truly a feat of, uh, I think, storytelling, of the, the medium of video games, and just building a life i i don't think i've ever seen anything do something quite like what red dead redemption 2 does and for that i give it uh you know uh, it's my highest honors it is a game that i will i will continue to uh think about regularly it is a thing that i'm like man maybe i should just go back to chapter two of that game and just like hunt and like live a, a cowboy life and just never advance the story for fear of it getting too sad um, you know, watching the gang unravel, watching your best friends in the gang like Lenny die just due to, you know, living the life of a criminal. Uh, it, it hurts and it, they, they those gut punches really work. So hats off to the team at Rockstar for making all those punches land. It's not perfect, but it's pretty damn close. Um, but yeah, I think that's really all I've got on Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, probably could have gone longer, uh, had I had someone else to bounce off of, but you know, these are just my, uh, off the dome thoughts and, uh, I hope you also enjoy the game or if you're, uh, if you feel similarly about it, please let me know, uh, hit me up either on discord or in the Patreon comments, or if you disagree with anything I said, please again, let me know, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on discord, uh, hit me up in the comments. I want to know. I want to know what people... I want to talk about this game because I missed the conversation. And honestly, I think this is a game that I was so glad that I missed the conversation on because I think I would have felt rushed otherwise to just run credits on it just so I could talk about it. But no, I, I think this is a game that if if it vibes with you, take it slow. Let your mind wander. See what's over those mountains. I, I think it, it's worth it for uh, for this game overall. But... That is all the time we have for this Garbage Game Club, but I do have a recommendation for our next episode of Garbage Game Club, which will be Ghost Runner, a first-person parkour game that is like four hours long. So you have some homework. Please let me know what you know about Red Dead Redemption 2, and uh, thank you all for joining me, for listening to me ramble for 35-plus minutes. Uh, much appreciated, and I hope you all have a lovely day.